This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. James 1, verse 1, is our focus today. And I've entitled this sermon, Will the Real James Please Stand Up? Now, many of you remember the game show to tell the truth. And you can tell how old you are by which host you remember. And this was the original host that some of you remember. I watched an episode just to be prepared for this show, this uh, message. And uh, this host had a panel um, <clears throat> including Ronnie Reagan. There was Ronald Reagan, who would future be a president, and he was a young actor, and he's a guest on this panelist panel. So they have three guys stand up there and say who they are, and they say their name very confidently. I'm Jack Castle. And the next one says, I'm Jack Castle. And another one says, I'm Jack Castle. Which one of these was an opera singer who sang three different roles in one night? And so you have to ask the questions to figure out which are the imposters and which one is the true um, James Castle. And so they grill them really hard and then they guess the number at the end and then the host says, will the real Jack Castle please stand up? And one guy fakes it like he's the one. And the next guy goes about to get up and he doesn't get up. And then the true guy gets up and everyone's surprised like, oh, that's the real Jack Castle. So we are going to do that because there are three men named James in the New Testament. The first is James, the son of Zebedee and brother of John. The second is James, the son of Alphaeus, one of the apostles. And um, by the way, he would be a cousin of Jesus. <coughs> and the other one is James, the half-brother of Jesus. So we have here three guests on To Tell the Truth. And uh, what's fitting about this, what I especially like, is that the real James told the truth. The real James, in the book of James, did not pull any punches. When he wrote the book of James, he spoke directly to people's issues. You say you have faith, but prove it. Let's see it. The proof is in the pudding. It's not your talk, it's your walk. And there was a study done of evangelical Christians by David Wells, associated at the time with Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, that found out that we have ortho 
doxy, but we don't have orthopraxy. Orthodoxy is we have the right beliefs, the right beliefs in doctrine, orthodoxy, but we don't have the orthopraxy that is the practice of our faith. There's a big gap between what we say we believe and how we really live. And James is addressing that. He's telling the truth. So that's something that um, the panelists would have to ask these three James um, in this issue. But we know uh, that from James chapter 1, and let's read verse 1, it says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that doesn't really help us, does it? It just gives us a generic, general uh, person, but it doesn't really say which of the James it is. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you may have guessed by now that the person who wrote the book of James is not James, the son of Zebedee, the brother of John. It's not James, the son of Alphaeus, one of the apostles. Although some would want him to be the author of James. Do you know why? Because if he is the author of the book of James, then as this church teaches, Mary had uh, perpetual virginity. She was uh, a virgin all of her life. But that's not what the Bible teaches, and we're going to find that out in a moment. So it is James, the half-brother of our Lord. And let me say to you that his name Jacob, the name James means Jacob. And obviously a lot of people would want to name their kid Jacob. Why? Because Jacob is where you get Israel. When Jacob had 12 sons, those 12 sons became 12 tribes, became the 12 tribes of Israel. So Jacob was a popular name. And James would be the, Hebrew, the Greek ver version of the Hebrew Jacob, which means um, usurper or supplanter. And so a lot of kids were named James. And the name James appears 40 times, 40 different times in the New Testament. But here it is, James, the half-brother of Jesus. And we're going to look at some key verses about this right now. First of all, uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 13. If you'll turn there to Matthew 13, we have this description of Jesus' ministry. And it says in Matthew 13, 55 to 56, that while he was ministering in his hometown, the response was poor, to say the least. It says in verse 53, when Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there, coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. And it goes on to say, But Jesus said to them, 
a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. So this tells us three things. Number one, that um, Jesus did minister in Galilee, and I went to Galilee, and I saw exactly where Jesus was. Um, and it was very interesting because it's just a plain Jane kind of town. It's very uh, simple. And Jesus ministered there. And the people were impressed. Why were they impressed? Because they knew him. And they thought how clear he speaks and teaches and he can heal people. Uh, isn't this the carpenter's son? They knew Joseph and they thought that he was uh, Joseph's son. But you know and I know that uh, the Old Testament prophecies pointed to the Messiah being born and he shall be born of a virgin. And certainly Jesus was born of a virgin and we read about that in the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of Matthew. That the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, a teenager, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit and gave birth to Jesus. So Jesus is the Son of God and the Son of Mary. But then Mary did have other children. She had the boys, James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, and daughters as well. So Jesus had half-brothers and half-sisters one of which was named James. The other thing this tells us is that they did not believe. Jesus says, a prophet is without honor in his own town and in his own home. So he was rejected. They did not believe in him as the Messiah in his own home. And they lacked faith. Now this is extremely important. The other day I was listening to James um, um, Habermas, Gary Habermas, who's a top apologetic uh, professor. And he says one of the chief proofs of Jesus being the Messiah is James. You could argue with a, a secular atheist and have a solid leg to, to stand on because of James' story. He was in the household of Jesus, he did not believe in Jesus, and yet he would come to know Jesus. But before we get to that part, let's look at John chapter 7. John chapter 7, 1 to 6. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, this is Jesus' brothers, including James, they said to him, this is the counsel that his brothers are giving him, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to be a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. The point here being, if you are as hot as you think you are, then take your show on the road and let as many people see it as possible. And um, this goes to show how scoffing they were that they did not believe in Jesus, the Messiah. 
also, um, there was a time when Jesus was teaching, and they said, your mother and brothers are at the door. And Jesus said, who is my mother and my brothers? Those who uh, believe in me. And you know why they were there? They were there to remove Jesus because they were embarrassed by him, and they thought he had gone mad. They thought he was crazy. They thought he was out of his head. So not only did they not believe in him, the brothers and sisters, but they wanted to take him out from teaching. And Jesus said, the one who does the will of my father is the true um, um, uh, family member. Now, if you'll turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we see the resurrection account told by the Apostle Paul, and we read the first seven verses. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. So as Paul recounts the facts of the gospel, Jesus died on the cross, Jesus rose from the dead, the proof of his resurrection was verified by all of these first-hand witnesses, including the apostles and 500 people who were still alive. But Jesus particularly revealed himself, showed himself, met with his half-brother, James. And that's when James became a follower. That's when James became a believer. This is huge. What caused the night and day conversion of James? Seeing the resurrected Lord. Seeing Jesus alive. He knew Jesus, but he considered him according to the flesh as a person, not as God. But when he saw Jesus raised from the dead, he believed. He worshipped. And next we see in Acts chapter 1, Who's in the upper room with the disciples praying, waiting for the day of Pentecost for the outpouring of the Spirit upon them? We read in Acts chapter 1, and this is really fun because all three James are mentioned in this verse. <clears throat> Acts chapter 1, 13 and 14. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, there's James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. There's four James. There's four James. But now notice verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer, 
along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So there you have all the James mentioned, and among the Jameses is the brother of Jesus, the half-brother of Jesus. So James was there, a believer, praying for the Holy Spirit and power from on high to be a witness for the Lord. And then we read in Acts chapter 12 that he became a leader in the church. James 12, verse 17. James 12, 17. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and uh, described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. So by this time, James became the head, <clears throat> the head of the church at Jerusalem. Isn't that something? He went from rejecting Christ, thinking Christ was out of his mind, to believing that Jesus is the Messiah because he saw him resurrected, to praying in the upper room, and then to being a leader of the church from Jerusalem. And of course, he's mentioned in Acts chapter 15. Let's get, look Acts 15, verses 13 and following, 13 to 34, but let's just look at verse 13. The Jerusalem Council meeting. In this, it says, when they finished, James spoke up. Brothers, he said, listen to me. So James is in charge of the church. If you look at Acts 21, verse 18, you see this. Acts 21, verse 18. The next day, Paul and the rest of us went to see James, and all the elders were present. And then finally, if you'll turn to Galatians, Galatians chapter 2, uh, verses 9 to 12. Galatians 2, 9 to 12. We read this. It says, James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars of the church, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. This is Paul writing. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised, to the Jewish people. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. So here you have it. Um, verse 12 says, for, the, for before certain men came from James, he used to eat, that is, Peter used to eat with the Gentiles. So James is the head of the church. He's the one who's considered a pillar in the church, uh, as the Apostle Paul says, what a transformation. This is the Peter who wrote the book of James. Now let me tell you one thing that is absolutely profound when we come to James 1.1. How is it that James, being the half-brother of Jesus, did not start off his letter with James, the half-brother of Jesus, who grew up and shared a room with Jesus? Or James, the half-brother of Jesus, who uh, the glow of his brother is shining through him, and, and I'm all that important, and I am the head of the church. Why did he not say that? Because he had a grasp of the true faith. He said, James, a servant. 
The word servant is doulos. The word doulos means a bondservant, someone who willingly submits to servitude. So let's say a person in that time was a slave, but they had a good master. At the end of a period of time, they could say, I want to be your slave willingly the rest of my life. And they would line that slave up next to a door and put an owl, A-W-L, through the ear and put an earring in that slave's ear. And that meant that that slave was willingly committed to serving his master the rest of his life. That's a doulos, a bond servant. So James is saying, I am a bond servant of the Lord. I am committed to serving my master Jesus the rest of my life, willingly, lovingly, delightfully. I want to follow Jesus. And so he's all about glorifying the Lord, and um, that's a powerful introduction. When I was <clears throat> a seminary student, we had a meeting of the seminary students to hear Dr. Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. And Dr. Bill Bright and Vonette, his wife, sat right next to me and Shirley at a round table towards the front just before he spoke. And Russia had just opened up. And the seminary president said to Dr. Bright, in my hearing, whatever you do, don't recruit seminary students to go to Russia. We need them to finish seminary. Dr. Bright got up. He says, I'm a doulos of the Lord. And I want you to go to Russia. <laughs> Boy, was the president mad. But I was impressed. As a seminary student, I was so impressed with Bill Bright. Because when he said, I'm a bondservant of the Lord, a doulos of the Lord, I knew he meant it. I, he was so dedicated that he didn't care what other people said. He didn't care what other people did. He was going to fix his eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. The word Lord is kurios, and it means the one in charge, the one who is to be honored, the one who gives the marching orders, the commander-in-chief, kurios. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, kurios, to the glory of God the Father. So that's the attitude that James had. I'm a doulos, a bondservant of kurios, the Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't that give you goosebumps? But let me tell you something I found out about James that really gives me goosebumps, or God bumps, as some Christians say. James' nickname was Camel Knees. Now, have you ever seen a camel? A camel has big, knobby knees. When I was in Egypt, and Shirley says, my dream is that we get up on camels and have our picture in front of the pyramids. 
and I was scared to death. I sat on this saddle of this huge camel, and then he proceeded to push up just the back legs, so I'm now leaning forward. Then he pushes up the front legs, and I'm now sliding to the side, and I'm hanging on to the horn of the saddle for dear life. And we finally get up there, and, and then the guy pulls our rope to go down the hill, and these knobby knees are going up and down, and I'm going way up and way down, and my center of gravity is off because I have a long torso, and I'm way high. And I'm thinking, I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall. So we get before the pyramid, and Shirley's camel doesn't like my camel, so her camel is nipping at the neck of my camel, and my camel keeps flinching and like about to throw me, and the guide says, okay, let go of the, of the horn and hold hands and raise your hand and I'll take a picture. It was all I could do to do that for an instant second, and then I grabbed onto the horn again. And I said, surely I did that for you, because I am scared silly. We went back, and then the camel's knobby knees went again, down the first legs, and then down back the legs, and boy, was I glad to touch on the solid ground. So I know something about camels and their knobby knees. So what does it mean that James had camel knees, that he was nicknamed camel knees? It meant that he spent hours in prayer. He truly met with the Lord. He not only was a bondservant of him, he not only worshipped him as Kurios, as Lord, but he had an intimate relationship with him. And it's going to be a privilege and an honor for us to hear James as he tells the truth as he speaks forth how Christians can put to practice what they believe, how our orthodoxy can become orthopraxy. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for James. Thank you for uh, his humble heart, his complete devotion, his prayer life, and his a correct view of Jesus as Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords. Thank you for James and his phenomenal conversion at the resurrection proof that Jesus is alive. Lord, we pray that we might have ears to hear and hearts to believe and wills to follow through in putting our faith into practice in the various areas that James will address in the next few weeks. Thank you so much for James, but thank you most of all for you, Jesus. You are Lord. You are Lord, and it's so sweet to trust in you. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 
892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.